one of our last services outside, I preached from Matthew 24. And I'm not going to preach directly from there today, but I just want to, I'm going to be preaching on what's happening in the world today. And uh, not just what's happening, but what we need to be doing with what's happening in the world today. And I want you to go with me to Matthew 24, and I want you to start um, in verse 6. And this is talking about the beginning of the end. This is talking about the beginning of the end. I want you to hear me say that one more time. The beginning of the end. So I don't want you to think, are we there yet? I already just said it was the beginning of the end. So obviously there's more. These things are the beginning of the end. But this helps us understand where we are within, uh, within the end times. And we're going to be looking uh, over these next weeks at what in the world is happening. And uh, how do we relate to that? But it says here in verse 6, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse 7, for nation will rise against nation. Say nation against nation. Just say that. I want to get this into your mind and your thinking. Nation against nation. It comes from the Greek word uh, ethnos that we get uh, ethnicity from. So when it's speaking nation against nation, this is very important. When it's speaking nation against nation, it's really speaking against ethnicity against ethnicity. What do we see today? Ethnicity rising against ethnicity. And Jesus said, this is going to happen. It needs to happen, right? When we're thinking nation against nation, it's not really so much talking about China against the United States as much as it is an ethnic group against another ethnic group. And we've seen this happening for decades, and it's on the rise. And we see things happening in the world today that uh, um, we need to understand what's going on here. And it says, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And that's what I want to speak to you about today is kingdom rising against kingdom. Kingdom against kingdom. When it's talking about kingdom, the word literally means the rule and the reign of a king. And it's speaking, I believe, more of spiritual realms than it is even of physical realms. The nation against nation was addressing what was happening in the physicality of the world, but the kingdom against kingdom is more addressing what's happening in the spirit spirituality of what's happening behind the scenes of what we're experiencing experiencing behind the scenes of what we're seeing happening on the news, on social media, on the streets. Uh, people are trying to add up uh, what is happening with masks or with, uh, um, with uh, Black Lives Matter or with so many of the other things that are happening in the world. But it's really a spiritual root of darkness behind these things that's making so many people uncomfortable and there is an agenda that is not political that's spiritual that's rooted behind these things and it's manifesting it's manifesting relationally it's manifesting politically it's manifesting in our world today and I want to address that with this message this morning look at somebody and say it's spiritual Tell the person on the other side of you, say, it's spiritual. The war that we wage is not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, things in the unseen realm. 
And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for the tearing down of strongholds, for the casting down of vain imaginations and anything that would exalt itself against God, and for the taking captive every thought. And so I want to, I want to, I want to just submit to you uh, for your thoughts this morning during this message that really the greatest battlefield that's happening uh, in the world today, not just in America today, the greatest battle that's happening in the world today is happening in, in between your two ears. It's happening between here and here. It's the battlefield of your mind. There's books that have been written about it. Because it's in this place and in our hearts, so to speak, where we begin to decide things about what's happening around us that affects the way we live and what we see and, and what we know. And I want to speak to you a message this morning about the subject, the topic of alignment with God. I want to speak to you about alignment with God because within alignment comes uh, the thought of allegiance. And when we, when, we, when we meet in sporting events, when we meet uh, in uh, uh, so many uh, large groups which aren't happening uh, right now, the Pledge of Allegiance will be said. When I was in school, we said it every morning, and we would pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I want to speak to you about your allegiance this morning. I want to speak to you about your heart and your mind and what's happening there, because I believe, and, and I want you to hear this statement, I believe that many in the church today are struggling with uh, the differences that uh, that, that kind of are, are becoming greater between what it means to be an American and what it means to be a Christian. And I love America. I love America. I believe that we live, we are privileged to live in the greatest country that's ever been on the face of the globe. And I will do everything that I can to promote peace, justice, and mercy in this country. I believe that it should affect the way you vote on August 4th. I believe it should affect the way you vote in November. I be, but I believe that what we're voting uh, is, 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 a, is a litmus of what's happening in our minds and in our hearts. And many people are voting. This isn't a political message, just in case you were wondering. Um, that, but, but where we are in our minds and our hearts, it affects everything. And uh, if, if we're in the wrong place here and here, um, we can't reflect the glory of God into every place where we go. And I believe that you would agree with me today, because I, I, I know many of you to be Christ followers, that, that you would agree with me today that our primary role is to reflect the glory of God into the nations, into the, into the, into the kingdom of this world, that we would re reflect the kingdom of God into the kingdom of this world. And so I want to speak to you about this today because... I believe that what the church needs today more than anything is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I said, I believe what we need today in the church more than anything ever before, more than anything we will need at any other time, because I'm not just speaking about the United States or Michigan. I'm speaking about the world, and we're in a very pivotal place 
in the world and there are, there are lives at stake, there are generations at stake, there are futures at stake. And I'm not speaking about financial futures, I'm speaking about spiritual, eternal futures that are at stake in the decisions that we're making and the things that we're doing right now at this very moment. And what I'm saying with that is we need the anointing. I just thought people might get, get a hold of that for just a moment. We need the anointing. And what's the anointing? Maybe, maybe somebody doesn't understand what the anointing is. The anointing is the manifest presence of God. The anointing is the, is the very signature of the Holy Spirit on our lives that shifts and moves and changes things that we would never be able to change, things that we would never ever be able to do. And all of a sudden, God puts our, His hand on our life and the things that we couldn't do instantaneously become easy because of Him. It's the anointing. And we need the anointing. And God chooses and He's chosen us, right? And it's his will that none would perish, but that all would have everlasting life. Somebody say amen. We've got to get a hold of this in our minds. But he, he, he's given us an anointing in this moment to reach into a culture and to see people shifted and changed. To see people that are broken, born again. To see people that are hurting, healed. To see people that are, that are possessed by the very enemy of our souls and demonically um, troubled and possessed, see them delivered and free. But the church can't do that without the anointing. And we need the anointing. We need the anointing. You need the anointing more than you think you need the anointing. Because there's some days that I get up and I stretch and I think, oh, this is going to be a great day. You know, because I'm thinking, yesterday was a good day, today must be better. Have you ever had one of those? Then you wake up and you realize it's not the day that you thought it was, right? That uh, every, it seems like everything's been stacked against you from the moment that you get out of the bed. We need the anointing even when we don't realize we need the anointing. You need the anointing in your workplace. You need the anointing not just to make it, but to make a difference. You need the anointing to see God's uh, promises that He's spoken to you manifest in the places where He spoke it to you. And the anointing comes from one place. I'm just going to preach to you without my notes for a minute because it's in me. Uh, the anointing comes from one place. It comes from the heart of God. It comes from the very place where He is. And so I'm speaking to you about anointing this morning and I don't want to confuse you but my message is really about an alignment more than it's about anointing because if we get aligned with God we walk in his anointing and we flow in his flow in other words what he's doing we're a part of it Jesus said in uh, I believe John chapter 5 verse 19 that whatever I see my father doing I do he also said, whatever I hear my father saying, I say. How many of you know those are anointed words when we speak what the father is already speaking? We're not asking him to agree with us. We're walking into agreement with him and we're coming into alignment. And the scripture says that even Jesus, as a young man, that he grew in wisdom, favor, and stature, both with God. Look at what my hand's doing both with God and with man. We've got to understand that when we become aligned with God, when there's an alignment with God, 
that there's not just favor released in our relationship with God, there's favor that's released in our relationships because we're aligned with God. There's favor and there's wisdom and there's stature that's released in a natural sense because of a spiritual alignment. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. And the scripture speaks of this. And uh, I'm not a Greek scholar, but there's a word, it's hupotasso. And what that is, is it means that you're submitting or you're coming under. In fact, you could turn in your Bibles, let me see, to Colossians chapter 3. You could turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Those are two places where it's talking, and here's where the guys are going to get excited. It's talking about the women submitting to their husbands. Anybody familiar with any of those passages where it says, submit to your husband? What it literally means is to come in order underneath. How many of you believe that God has an order? How many of you, don't raise your hands, but how many of you would be 100% sure that you always know what the order is? Do you ever get in, out into things in the world and you're like, God, what is going on, right? I'm speaking to you about finding a way to get in the right place at the right time every single time. That's really the topic of this message. How to be in the right place at the right time every single time. But I'm not speaking to you about that in a physical way because I don't know how to get into the right physical place every time. I make crazy mistakes. I've been married for almost 18 years Emily, I'm sure, could have a list if she wanted to. Somebody say amen. But what I do want to speak to you about is how to be in the right spiritual place at the right spiritual time every single time. Because God has an anointing for our lives, and the scripture says that it's His anointing that breaks the yoke. And when we look at alignment, I want to I want to look at alignment uh, in the scripture a couple of places with you. If you wouldn't mind turning with me to Ephesians chapter one and uh, and Colossians chapter one, Ephesians chapter one and Colossians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one, verse 22 says, and God placed all things under say under. There's that word again, his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So God placed everything under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body. So there's a there's you know, there's this picture in the Old Testament of anointing and uh they would, they would anoint a head, and if it was like Wade's, it'd be really easy, right? They would anoint a head with oil, and the oil would flow down, and it would drip from their beard onto every other place underneath them. I just want to, that's an Old Testament thought that I want to give you for just a moment, because it's a, it's, it's a, it's sort of a, one of the ways that God functions, it's sort of a, like a law that anointing flows down through authority. That anointing flows down when we're aligned. In other words, 
You could say that anointing is always flowing down, but we're not always submitted into the place where we're receiving it. You could say that anointing is constantly flowing from the throne room of heaven. Ephesians chapter 1 also says that every spiritual blessing has already been stored for you in heavenly places. So one could say that that the anointing of God is constantly flowing from His throne, but many times the aligned place underneath of Christ, who is the head of the church, where that anointing is flowing, there's not always very many people there. And we need the anointing, so we need to understand alignment. And as we look at alignment, we've got to understand that alignment honors covenant. That alignment with God always honors covenant. And so, what covenant are we under? We're under the We're under the covenant of Jesus' blood. We're under a covenant of grace, which is his divine power. Not to, we said last week, not to live the way that that our flesh wants us to live. We've got power to live sinless because of God's grace. Alignment honors covenant. and, And what I mean by that is God's already established a covenant with us, right? We can look at it in a physical sense in Ephesians chapter 5 and we can see that God is calling the wife to come in under, submit under her husband. Not submit in a worldly sense where the husband would rule over her. Submit in the sense that God lines things up in order in such a way where the most valuable things actually receive the most cover and the anointing of God, which flows vertically in a sense, can flow from the throne room of God onto every other thing that God has for, for, uh, in order underneath of it. And this is why, listen to me, this is why we need the anointing. We need the anointing because homes are broken and they're not in the order that they're supposed to be. And it's going to take the anointing of God to bring things back to where they were. I preached for a couple of months at the beginning of this year on restoring fathers. And it's apparent that many of the things that we're dealing with in the world today are connected to fatherless generation. If you want to fix many of the problems that are happening in every ethnicity in America today, fix fathers in the home. If you want to see why there are problems in so many minority uh, um, minority cultures as well as within every culture, subculture in the United States, especially fix fatherlessness in the home. But really what that means is that there are homes that are not undercover. Really what that means, in a sense... Uh, now, now let me give you hope. There are single moms here. You can come under alignment with Jesus Christ 
who is your head and who is the head of the church, right? But you've got an extra job to do because there's nobody to go in between there for you. You can come under the church because God has set elders and pastors there to provide covering because anointing flows down through covering. But there is a spirit in the world today, the very spirit of the Antichrist, it's this lawless spirit, it's this rebellious spirit, and the scripture says rebellion is a sign of witchcraft, and we need to understand that it's the exact opposite of what what God wants us to do. God doesn't want a church that has a rebellious spirit. God doesn't want a church that's constantly looking at rebelling. And this is why we have to be careful where we're placing our allegiance, number one. Because a lot of us, listen to me, a lot of us are putting allegiance in some political party that we feel like most represents God. But let me tell you, there is no political party that is the kingdom of God. In fact, the scripture says that we are citizens of, of heaven and just visitors on this earth and that we should render unto the, under the governments here what, what is due to them, but we should always render unto God what is God's. And I'm speaking to you today and I'm saying we need a church that's not defined by a political party. We need a church that's not defined by some political stance, by some uh, social stance, by some um, sub-social group that uh, thinks this is important or, or that is important. I want to tell you the remedy for the world today is that people would understand that, that we are citizens of heaven already and we are not subjects to the things that are happening on this earth, but in fact we have been called to be influencers in the things that are happening in this earth that we would see what God has already provided in heaven come to earth today. That we were not mandated to just sit here and suffer. Jesus is saying, you're going to see these things happen, but it's not the end. But nowhere in Matthew 24 do I read that we should go lay down, slumber, and sleep. And the churches started handing out blankets to people in these end times and saying, you know what, we can't meet together physically. Here, just take this blanket and we'll pray for you. You lay down, take a nap. We'll make sure to wake you up when it's all over. But the scripture speaks exactly about that in Ephesians chapter 5 and says that the Spirit of God is desiring to awake the church that's slumbering and sleeping to the purpose that He has for our life. And I'm speaking to you about that purpose this morning. Alignment honors covenant. And within, within alignment, when we, get, when we get aligned, right? When a, when a family get aligned, gets aligned, things start to operate smooth. I mean, I don't recommend that you let your kids lead your home by popular opinion. That's not scriptural. It's not biblical. It'll cause you pain. It'll cause you suffering. Uh, my job is to love my wife as Christ loves the church and to, and to lead my children not into, uh, not into anger, not into sin, not into brokenness, but lead them by sacrifice into a, a godly lifestyle that they will be able to sustain and will be able to live in no matter what the social uh, climate is, no matter what the, the, the economic climate is, no, no matter what the political climate is of uh, this country will be that God will use our children, but it only comes by alignment. 
God didn't make, God didn't, God ordered things in a certain way and he put them in under his son. So if you want to talk about authority, it's not really the husband that has authority. It's not really the wife that has authority. It's Jesus Christ that has authority. Some people get this confused because I said alignment um, alignment honors covenant. And one of the things that I meant by that is sometimes we forget the covenant that we're in. And I'll hear people talk about, well, Genesis, it says this, that he gave them dominion over the birds and over the over the animals and over the fish, of the sea and over everything. And I understand that. I understand where people are coming from. But you see, um, when Jesus restored uh relationship with God between God and us as his children when he sent Jesus to die on the cross as his son he sent him to restore things but we said this last week also to keep things and so everything that Jesus restored is still held in his incorruptibility in other words, Adam was handed things that we have not been handed outside of Christ. And so you don't have dominion over things outside of Christ, but in Christ, you have dominion as Christ over the things that are happening in the world today. Does that make sense to anyone? And so I want to say to you that, that alignment always honors covenant because it honors the covenant that we're in we can't we can't go to God except through the high priest Jesus Christ is what Hebrews tells us right that's what we're and so we have to come into alignment with Jesus Christ himself it's not alignment with our opinion of scripture it's not alignment with our denomination or division of the church it's not alignment with some ministry or some other thought or thing it's alignment with the person of Jesus Christ and the word of Jesus Christ that the Bible says is Jesus Christ right here. And, and so in that, there's an alignment that God's calling us to do. How many of you have ever driven a car that needs an alignment? Boy, it wears parts out. You go too long without an alignment, your front end will start getting floppy. Thingy. Parts will start falling off, Right. I've been around people, right? I've been around long enough. It's like, oh, I don't know what happened. And it's like, that thing's been driving like a jalopy for years. You know, you need it. But it all started with a small thing called an alignment. And it was pulling to one side or the other side of where it was supposed to be going. And let me tell you this, people of God, in our lives, if we get out of alignment, if we're out of line, if we're out of alignment and, you know, you can fight for a while and things can be pulling to the right. You can fight for a while and things can be pulling to the left. But after a while, you know, you're fighting against the flesh that's in your life and the, the demonic, the enemy's plan for your life runs on the same tracks that your flesh runs on in your life. And you know what? It's not just bumps and bruises, but things begin to fall apart. We need alignment. We need to be aligned with Jesus. If we're aligned with Jesus, we're aligned with the Father. Dads, I'm speaking to you for a moment. We need, we need alignment. We need to be, we, we're out of line so many times. We're out of line so many times. Somebody say amen. 
We're, we're out of line so many times and we need, we need alignment because it's not, just about, it's not just about us, even though sometimes we like to think it is. In fact, it's never really about us. Let me just tell you the truth. It's never really about us. It doesn't matter if your dad, if your mom, if your child, right? It's never really about us because it's always about him. But it's never really about us as dads because if we're not in alignment with Jesus and our children and our spouse are coming into alignment with us, then they're coming into alignment with something that's counterfeit to Christ. Come on, people. If we're coming into alignment with something else, you realize that you could be in alignment with the Republican Party and not be in line with Jesus? Some people don't believe that, but I want to tell you it's true. It's really, really true, right? Just because... Just because people argue about which one's better than the other, let me tell you, neither one of them is heaven. Can I tell you that? It, you, can be, you can be in alignment with a political party and not be aligned with Jesus. You say, well, I'm raising my kids with the right values. At least I'm doing, do you have to? No, no, no. Jesus doesn't have a plan B for your life. He only has his plan for your life. And his plan is in alignment with him. And the reason why the church is not walking in the anointing that we are supposed to be walking in is because we are not aligned with him. And so what's flowing down is falling on most, mostly empty places because it's not filled. The, 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 listen to me, listen to me. We need repentance. We need repentance. The foot of the cross should still be filled with believers because we need repentance. Listen to me. We were never called to leave the cross. Some of us are trying to just live from the empty tomb. We need to live from the cross. We need to live through the cross, right? We need to live. Some of us are still stuck on the other side of the cross. Some of us are still stuck in legalism. Some of us are still stuck in brokenness. Some of us are still stuck in, we need to live through the cross. We need to, we need to, in a sense, walk through that cross and leave all of the brokenness on the other side of the cross so, so that uh, we can live in the fullness of what Jesus paid the price for. The empty tomb is awesome, but it means nothing without the cross. And so when we, when we look at alignment, we, we need to be aligned. Uh, it doesn't, can I just say this? I, I want to say this a thousand different times, a, a thousand different ways, but I only have 14 more minutes. So I'm just going to say it one way. It doesn't make you less to be in submission. The enemy wants to make you feel like you have less value, like you have less authority, like you have less anointing if you were submitting. Children, listen to me. The enemy wants to make you feel like if you can't make it on your own, that you're nothing. The enemy wants to make you feel like if you don't buck the system enough, you're not a real woman. You're not a real man. I'm just saying to you, the plan of God for you is drastically different from anything that the world is preaching. And what I'm preaching to you is the principles of the Word of God 
And I'm telling you, not only do we need to submit, not only do we need to come under, not only do we need to come under in order, which is what that means, that that is actually the place of the most value for our lives. The place where my life is most valuable is the place where God created for me to be. And the place where God created for me to be and to live from and to minister from and to lead from and to husband from and to pastor from and to, and to be a man of God from, it never changes. I might move, but the place I'm living should never change. I might change jobs, but the place that I'm sourcing from will never change. My boss never changed in reality. My boss says to submit to the other bosses that I'm under. He says that every time. My boss says that if I am in this place, that I'm submitting to authority that's around me. My boss, you see what I'm saying? My boss says, submit to my dad. He says, still to this day, honor your father and mother. When long life, I'll satisfy you. What I realized, when, and it wasn't just when I turned 42 a couple of days ago, what I realized is I'm not as smart as I thought I was when I was 18. When I was 18, if I would have known how to tell people, I thought I was smart enough to cure cancer. I thought I was smart enough to do anything in the world need to be done. And people would try to tell me something. My dad would try to tell me something. And I would be like, I know. And I had no clue what he was talking about. Because there's an arrogance and that's why the foot of the cross is empty today, because we are all like 18-year-olds as Christians predominantly, and we think, I know, and the, the foot of the cross is empty when the foot of the cross needs to be full with the church repenting for the place that we are so that we can get to the place where we need to be. And this is what we have to understand. Listen to me. We were never supposed to leave the altar of God. Many of you got, maybe gave your life to Jesus as an, at an altar, something like this. Maybe it was in a workplace. Maybe you encountered the Holy Spirit at an altar, something like this. Maybe Jesus healed you. Somebody was praying for you, an altar, something like this. Maybe you came forward, received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, whatever it was. We were never supposed to. I'm not talking about the altar in a church. I'm not talking about building something physically in your home. I'm talking about the altar of God. We were never supposed to leave that altar of the cross where Jesus gave his life and he says I want you to take up your cross and follow me. I want you to do the same thing. It's the cross that we need to return to and it's the cross that aligns us. It's the same thing that, that the scripture was speaking about when Jesus was 14 years old and it says he grew in wisdom favor and stature with God and with man. That It's the same thing that he's calling us today whether we're 14 or whether we're 44 or whether we feel like we're too old and we already know everything that, that we need to know or we're too far gone. It does not matter. We need, we need alignment. We need to align with God. 
We need the anointing of God. We need the anointing and we need to align because if we don't align with God, if we don't have a hunger for the presence of God, if we don't have, you know what, I don't want to just have church meetings where people show up and I don't even want to preach a message where people are like, that's a, a fantastic message, best message I've ever heard. I don't want to preach those messages. I want to preach the anointed words from the throne room of, room of God that change people's lives. And I don't want to just do it from this pulpit, and I don't want to just do it in my home. I want to do it everywhere that I go. And we need to become hungry for the anointing of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says that in the last days, that most of the church will, will be devoid of the power of God. Why? It says that they will have a form of godliness, but they will lack its power within. Why? Because they left the cross. Because they're trying to live from a place that's just, that's just about license to sin instead of the power to live the life that God's called us to live. And if we understand what we need from God is to live right in the center of where he asked for us to be, that his anointing would come on to us, would constantly be refreshed, that the dunamis power of God would overflow from our lives that when we're walking can you imagine can you imagine walking with the apostle paul and you're walking down the road and there's sick people in the ditch and paul's shadow casts over the sick people and they're healed can you imagine that I would be like, whoa, wait a minute. And Paul would be like, hey, we've got things to do, brother. And I'd be like, no, no, didn't you just see your shadow go over the top of that guy and he was healed? You know, it, it, it should become common to the church that the Holy Spirit's being poured out because we've become centered on the thing that matters, and that's Jesus. The thing that matters is Jesus. It doesn't, you know what? It matters who's elected in November, but the thing that matters is Jesus. It matters that justice happens in this state and that the, the, the republic that we are is restored and that our governor, who does not know Christ, who is demonically influenced, her mouth would become bound both physically and spiritually, spiritually because of the prayers of the saints, Physically, because we were never intended to have one person that could continually give herself powers and decide thing after thing after thing with plenary powers that, that nobody else could do anything about. We need to see that come to an end. But what really matters, listen to me, what really matters is that we would get centered on Jesus. We need to see we need to see the millions of babies that have, that have been aborted in this country since 1973. We need to see their, their deaths spiritually avenged in a way where the gates of hell are pushed back and where heaven comes to earth in, in this place where we're at. And, and those things which are, which are wrong become uh, morally wrong become illegal, but legality has never stopped people from abor aborting. We just need to stop the government from endorsing those things which are foul. But you know what really matters is that we would be centered on Jesus. And we can come under the banner of so many things that seem good, but if we're not coming under the banner of love of Jesus, then His 
anointing is not able to flow onto us. And God's not looking for a church that says, Jesus, we want you to be centered on us. He's looking for a church that says, Jesus, we're centered on you. And for too long, the church has said, God, we love you. We love your gifts. We want to see your face. We want to see your hand. But we're right here and we want you to show up. And what God is looking for is a church that will say, I'm going to step out of the place where, where I was comfortable. And I'm going to step into the place where you have for me to be. And, and you know what? It's, I say it's uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable to be under authority. Because we live in a culture of abuse. We live in a culture where governors abuse states. We live in homes generationally where parents have abused children. We live, we live, in, we live in a place where it's still pretty common for domestic violence and husbands to abuse wives. Are you listening to me? So when we have a thought about coming under, we're like, well, no way, I'm not coming under that. We're in a room today where there's people that were abused. We're in a room today where there's people that have been taken advantage of. And so we're like, God, what are we going to do? Well, Jesus doesn't ever want you to come under your husband's authority until you come under his authority. In fact, Jesus even said, uh, the Spirit of God was speaking and said, that it would even be through the way that you would live your life that your husband could be saved. Those of you that are already married and your husband's not saved. So what, what am I saying to you? I'm saying you got to come into alignment with Jesus first. If you'll come into alignment with Jesus, God's going to begin to move in that man's life. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm preaching you truth. I'm telling you the truth of God's word. And I want to say this to you children. You've got aspirations. You've got things that you want to do. You need to come into alignment. You say, well, my dad's not nice. He's sort of a jerk. Or I'm used to getting the way you wouldn't say this, but you're thinking I'm used to getting what I want, and I like the way things are right now. No, I want to tell you the most valuable place for your life is if you would come underneath what God has created to lead you. Now, I'm going to speak this to you, and I'm going to say this. We live in a rebellious, lawless culture. The church was meant to be led and led well by people that will constantly lay down their lives. I'm telling you this right now, there's, there's a lot of other lucrative things that I could be doing. I'm not preaching this message to, lay, to elevate myself. Just listen to me. But if you ever find yourself a part of a church where that's the only thing the pastor could do, so that's what he's doing, probably want to go find a different church. I'm just being honest with you. Listen to me. God has called us to come under authority in our lives so that we could walk in a righteous way that God's having for us to walk and not have to do it on our own. And the body is fractured, and the body is broken, and the body... It has a, we, can we just be honest? God's good, but we have a lot of lack. Can we be honest? God's good, but you've got a lot of unanswered prayer. Can we be honest? God's really good, but we're not, 
We're not, we're not seeing people born again every single week in our meetings and people aren't rushing in with all these testimonies about, and some people are like, well, the world's uneasy and, and things are, no, 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 this, I'm telling you right now, don't be distracted. The harvest is ripe and it's ready and we need an anointed church. We need an anointed, we don't need just an anointed man. We don't need just an anointed woman. We don't need just an anointed dad. We need an anointed church. You need an anointed family. We need God's anointing in every area of our culture that the things that seem impossible would become easy. And it comes through alignment. And that's my message to you today is that we would step into alignment with God. Hi, this is Pastor Andy Shaver, and I hope you've enjoyed this message. You know, the greatest joy of our ministry here is to see people encounter God in a relevant way and discover His plans and purposes for their lives. We exist to see their eternities altered through a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, you can have present and eternal peace no matter what your present circumstances are. In fact, Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 that... He has a heart for the hurting and the broken. The Bible teaches us in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 teaches us that if we confess our sins to Him, Jesus is faithful to hear us and forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. If you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior, then I want to invite you to do that right now. Until next time, remember God loves you and so do we.